Thanks for joining us on the Southside Church Podcast. We seek to build real followers of Jesus, so we hope that you find this message both encouraging and insightful. Let's jump in. Hello. I want to thank you so much for joining us today, and this is something a little different. You know, this is just a time for us to 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 really teach and uh, find significance in certain elements. Some would call them ordinances of the church. That seems a little too starchy for me. <laughs> so uh, for me, it's it's just doing what the Bible said, and it's following uh, a really a command, an ask of our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, the topic today is prayer and communion. And I just simply called it, I said, Lord, help. <laughs> I need you. And, and that's something that I think we miss a lot in the church world, at least in my world. It's easy for me to get caught up in schedules and routines and plans and, uh, and move from one thing to the next and not, not practice the, the art or the discipline of just stopping, being still, being quiet, and learning to listen to what God has to say. We don't have a problem talking. We have a problem listening. We don't have a talking problem, a speaking problem. We have a hearing problem. And I believe God speaks today primarily in one of five ways. He's going to speak to you through his word. That is primary. You need the word of God in your life. It needs to be, it may not be daily. Maybe it could be, but, but if it's not, it's okay. But I do believe it needs to be regular. And it needs to be a, a thing in our life where we consume it on a, on, a, on a regular basis, a consistent basis. And not just consume it, but really stop and examine it and see what God is trying to say to us from the time period in which he actually said it, spoke it, or, or, or it happened, and then look at it in light of where we are today and build a bridge of application between the two. And, and some of that will be with memorizing Scripture and remembering things and journaling them. And, but God's going to speak primarily through His Word. He's going to speak through prayer. A lot of people want to know, but Pastor, how does God speak through prayer? Well, you've got to do it to hear it. And you've got to learn how to do it in order to experience it. But, but that's why we need the Word, because if God speaks, I want to take what I think I hear, base it on His Word, and, and then trust that that's who it is that is speaking to me. God, I believe God speaks through the Bible, through prayer, through the church. Everybody needs a church. Everybody needs a small group. Everybody needs a pastor. And there are times in your life where you'll need those things, or someone will need you from those things. And then I believe people need godly counsel. You need some wise counsel. That's the power of a group of people. Uh, people that are more mature in their faith than you. People that are less mature so that you can learn and help. And then finally, God speaks through circumstances. And he does that in order to reveal himself, his purposes, and his ways. And um, today, as we talk through primarily communion, but around the principle of prayer, we're practicing this very thing in our church today. And we're doing it in between series where we take a pause and we look back on what God has done and we worship and pray together corporately. And then we, we participate in communion together. Something that 
people want to know, well, why don't we do that more? Or why don't we do that every week? And, and I don't do it every week. I don't do it every week because I don't want it to become ritual. But probably I don't do it enough either. And so I'm trying to change that this year in 2024. And uh, it really stems around this principle that a change of pace plus a change of place will give you a change of perspective. And so I think it's, it's highly important for us to practice the changing of our pace. We live in a fast-paced world. I don't have my phone with me, but, but I have my watch on, and I do have an iPad. So if I do get a text message or an email, I'm going to get it. It's going to go off. If a phone call comes through, I can hear it. I can have it right here. You know why? Because I feel the need to always be on and so that I don't miss something or someone that's of significance. The problem with that is, is that we feel the need to always be on, and we miss the slowing down of life, the disconnecting from the world so that we can connect with God. And so I believe we need a change of pace, both corporately as a church and individually as believers. And if you learn to change your pace, I believe God will change your place. And it'll give you a, a better place in, in, in life with Him, in your faith and belief and maturity with Him. And I, I don't think God wants you to stay where you are. He wants you to grow closer to Him. He wants you to fall more in love with Him. He wants you to, to, to experience Him in a greater way so that, so that you can find His will, not for your life. A lot of people say, man, I want to know God's will for my life. I would, I just, I would challenge you to say this. I just want to know God's will. And if I find God's will, I want to join Him in it. That's when you begin to discover things for you is when you begin to seek things with Him. And so a change of pace plus a change of place, I believe, gives us a change of perspective. And we begin to see life differently. We begin to see people differently. We begin to see issues, victories, success, problems, pains, hurts, tragedies, difficulties. We see everything differently from a, a, a unique perspective because we've, been, we've allowed God to, to be a part of our world. Jesus said in Matthew 6, he said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And when you do, all of these things will be provided for you. What are all these things? It's all the things that we worry about, that we stress over, that we, we wonder, God, are you there? Do you hear me? Do you love me? Jesus said, why worry about those things? Instead, why don't you go to the one who made you, who gave his life for you, and who knows everything about you. He knows exactly what you need when you need it, the moment you need it. And so Jesus said, seek him first and his ways, his righteousness. And then all of these things will be provided for you. And so what he's saying here is that when we truly realize what Jesus has done for us, that's when we truly live transformed lives. And here Jesus is, is ready to teach if we are ready to listen and learn. And so if you're ready to learn, you're ready to listen, I believe Jesus is ready to teach us some powerful truths about prayer and communion. Today, we're going to find out what that is. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's the power of prayer and communion in our lives. So I'm going to share three things with you, and it kind of ties along with those two principles. 
And maybe it helps you in your understanding of prayer and communion. And so uh, as we do that, I think it's imperative for us, number one, to look back. And Jesus teaches us how to pray in the Sermon on the Mount. He gives us the Lord's Prayer, which is not a prayer that well, actually it would take you about 20 seconds to say if you recited it, but it takes a lifetime to learn. Because it's not about the specific words that Jesus gave you to say and pray. It's about the principles and the teaching of those words and what that means in your life. But I believe that prayer and communion starts with us looking back. And it's okay to look back when you're praying. It's okay to look back on your day. It's okay to look back on the experiences you've had with God because I believe, one, we ought to praise him for what he's done, and I believe we ought to repent for what we've done. And so look back. Take time when you pray to first look back. Praise God for who he is and what he has done in your life. Repent for what you have done that my sin separates me from God. And in 1 Corinthians 11, when it comes to the principle of communion, I believe communion is looking back. I believe it is. And, and here Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, describing for them this principle of communion. And Paul writes to them and he says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he gave thanks for it. He broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In other passages, he'll say, as often as you do this, he said to his disciples on that night, remember me. There's two principles, two ways to look at, at the, the power of communion. It's one, it's something that should be practiced in the body of Christ and, and celebrated among believers in a church service, in small group settings, but I believe it's also something that can be practiced in your very own home. I have a missionary friend that was in uh, a part of the world that was completely unreached. It was a Muslim-controlled area, and the Muslim people would invite him into their home for meals because they wanted to talk, they wanted to hear, they wanted to learn. And, and so he would listen to them and they would listen to him. And one of the ways that he taught this principle, one of the ways that he explained the gospel of Jesus Christ and the message and faith of Christ was through communion. Because he noticed at every meal they had something to drink and they had some form of bread. And so he would explain communion that way. And because of it, brought people into faith as a, as a picture of what communion is. You see, I believe communion does some very simple things. When we do it, we remember that Jesus died. We remember how he died. And we remember why he died. Jesus said, this is my body to those men that night. It's going to be broken for you. They didn't understand it then. But in 1 Corinthians 11, they have a, a basis from which to teach on. And Paul said, this body was broken for you. And when they take the bread and they break it, it's a symbol 
the significance of it is the body of Christ that was broken for you. What does that matter? What does that mean? Why should that be important to me? Because without it, without Jesus's sacrifice, his bodily sacrifice for you, (laughs) you and I have no hope because it was only, salvation is only possible through the sacrificial lamb, the lamb of God, the perfect sinless sacrifice. And so Jesus continues, or Paul writes, he says, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And he said, this cup is the new covenant established by my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so so Jesus teaching this principle here, he says this, this wine, this cup, what is inside of that signifies or, or, or it, it's a principle of my blood being shared for you, being spilled for you. There's a new kind of covenant. And the covenant is between you and God. The old covenant was a covenant of law and grace. We would understand it as the Old Testament. And it paved the way for the new covenant, the savior of the world to come and establish not just a covenant of law, but to fulfill that and to usher in a covenant of grace. The Bible clearly tells us that without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness. Therefore, if we want forgiveness, then we needed the blood to be sinless, perfect. And that, can only be made possible through the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we think about prayer and we look back, when we think about communion, both of those are tied to the body and the blood of Jesus because as we look back and we praise God, we thank him for that and we repent for our sin. And it's because of the body of Christ that was broken and the blood of Jesus that was spilled that you and I can even be forgiven for the sins that we've committed against a holy God. Jesus said, Paul said, for as as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. See, Jesus made it clear that this eating and drinking were absolutely essential for eternal life. I I don't do this. I don't pray. I don't take communion so that I can achieve eternal life, so that I can go to heaven. But it's a picture of how I can go and how you can go. And so when we talk about the power of prayer and the power of communion, I don't think we should just look back. I think we should look ahead. Look ahead at the coming kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ and the, and the, the, the return of Christ to this land. Look ahead to heaven. I think so many times we, gosh, we, we live so, earth, so much of an earthly life that we're no heavenly good. And so I don't think we should just look back. I think we should look ahead. And that's what communion allows us to do. Because Jesus tells us again, as often as you eat this bread and drink this drink, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. I believe you and I need reminders. We need reminders in our life of the power and presence of God of the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ and the, 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 the overwhelming, convicting power of the Holy Spirit. And so 
I think communion allows us to do that. I believe prayer allows us to do that. And so, yes, we ought to take more time in our services to, to, to enjoy this moment and to talk about the significance of it. But I think you could do it at home. You can do it right now. You could do it in your quiet time. Maybe you need to take some moments in your quiet time. Maybe you need to take a moment with your family. It doesn't have to be every meal, but what if it was one meal? That you just stop before we prayed, before we ate, and, and you explain the significance of the body of Christ being broken, the bread, and the new covenant that is found in his blood. Whether it's, it's wine, it's grape juice, it's sweet tea, come on somebody, or, I mean, or, or the good old-fashioned Southern communion, milk and cornbread. I mean, you know, whatever that looks like for you. But you can participate in it and remember the Lord Jesus Christ and look ahead. See, I believe the reason we don't hunger and thirst for God is unfortunately we've been feasting too long on things of the world. Maybe this needs to not just be a regular practice in our church. Maybe it should be a regular practice in your home and in your life. See, as we go through this and we look ahead... I believe it's also important that we should look within because it's the looking within that really begins to turn our hearts toward God. When you look behind, praise Him, repent. When you look ahead, praise Him and, and, and talk about looking forward to the day that He comes, pray for it. But when you look within, that's where we begin to to share our heart, our concerns, our needs, our desires, our dreams, our goals, our visions, our plans, and pray that they line up with God. Communion? Jesus and Paul made it crystal clear that before we take of something like this, you and I definitely better look within. <laughs> because Jesus said, whoever eats this bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy way will be guilty of sin against the body and the blood of the Lord. So a person should examine himself or herself in this way. They should eat the bread and drink from the cup. And our, that's, that's, that's where this is and where it comes. Jesus said, examine, look within. He said, well, God can't love somebody like me. God can't forgive somebody like me. He's already done it. And this right here signifies it, shows us exactly what he has come to do. And this is proof that he loves you and he's forgiven you and he wants to live inside of you. And so don't be afraid to look within. Let God come within and go to work in your life because our long-term success will always be dictated by our ability to defer our gratification in the here and now and look for him in the days to come. Jesus said, just as you take food and drink within your body and it becomes a part of you, so you must receive me within your innermost being so that I can give you life. Today, today I want to share communion with you. Maybe you'd pause this video for a moment and go grab you a, a, a piece of sunbeam bread, come on somebody, and get you a, a glass of sweet tea. It ain't got to be much, it could be a cup of water. Why don't you pause the video and come back and join me? And let's do this together. All right. So what I have here is a very special gift that a friend of mine gave me. It's from Israel, and uh, it's a communion platter and set. I love this gift. I keep it in my office, and um, today I was able to, to pull it out 
and use it for moments like this. And so, by the way, that's just grape juice. But nevertheless, <laughs> when you take communion, and, and you know, you could very easily do this within your home and with your family. Well, Pastor, maybe I'm doing something wrong if I do that. I, I don't believe that. I believe you're doing what Jesus asked you to do. And you're proclaiming his life until he comes. Jesus gave his body for you. He did. He gave it on your behalf. He broke it for you so that you could have life in his name. Today, today we recognize the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ. We celebrate what he has done and what he did for us on the cross. We look ahead and thank him for the day that he returns and we say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. And we look within and we pray for his forgiveness. We repent of our sin. We ask God to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and allow us to walk and live holy before him this day. We take this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Then Jesus asked his disciples to take the cup, the new wine, the new covenant that is established through his blood. For without the the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness. And today, we realize, we recognize, we praise God for the shedding of blood on our behalf. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving your life for us, for shedding your blood for us, and allowing us to have eternal life in your name. We recognize this gift, we praise you for it, and we thank you what you're going to do in and through our life. In Christ's name, amen. 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 Man, what a great, I I love this moment. And you know, this is for me, there's something I need to practice on a regular weekly basis, probably in my own quiet time, my own life. Maybe you ought to try that. Take some time one day a week. Pick the day. It's the day that you're going to focus a little more on prayer and you're going to either start it or end it with communion you're simply saying help Lord I need you and I'm crying out to you today asking for you to be an ever present help in my time of need God bless you thanks for joining me today and hanging out with me for a little while I hope to see you real soon